Well, hello, fellow travelers. Thank you for joining me once again on the Unbroken Ground. Uh, my name is Paul, and I am excited that you have joined me, hopefully again, but maybe for the first time. Uh, so if this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, if this is uh, not your first time, very excited to have you uh, listening once again. And uh, we are on our 10th episode. Uh, this is might be a little confusing because there's 12 things currently out there you can listen to, but uh, I don't count the interviews and uh, the time, the flex time with Jim uh, as uh, regular episodes, so they don't get a number. So this is actually number 10. We've made it through the month of February. We've made it through the, the whole story of Joseph, and uh, we are on episode 10. And so this, this month, uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. Haven't quite figured it out. I think what I'm going to land um, is that I'm going to just go through the parables of Jesus uh, through through Matthew because I just uh, really want to focus a lot more on what it means to know who Jesus is. Um, and this one is a little different format. Uh, I'm actually going to be kind of tackling a, uh, I wouldn't say hot topic, but a, a medium warm topic. Um, and uh, won't really be more, it's less a devotional and just more of a, just some, some rambling thoughts that I have uh, that hopefully uh, come coalesce into a good point um, or not. Um, but again, <laughs> glad you're here with me on this journey. Um, two exciting announcements I have. Um, one of them is that uh, starting, um, actually I started last week. Uh, I've been blogging for Patheos, so if you go to patheos.com, if you go to Evangelical and look for the and look for not the broken ground, unbroken ground, but um, just unbroken ground, and my name, Paul Tanner, um, you can find my blog articles. Uh, you can start. I'll be uh, posting regularly there. Um, that's also a great way to uh, get word out about uh, the podcast. So I'm I'm uh, using that for that as well. Uh, but yeah, so if you like listening to the podcast and think you might like listening to, not listening to, uh, you get to listen to your own voice as I write. Um, just reading through some blogs, uh, I've really uh, kind of gone back over some of the some of the stuff that I touched on in our first episode uh, uh, on a donkey on the way to Babylon. Um, and so I've, I've re- kind of fleshed that out a little bit into kind of uh, my personal manifesto for, uh, for 2023, uh, just about uh, why... Why, why a blog, why a podcast, and, and what I hope to accomplish with that. So, again, that's uh, Pathios. Um, if you go there to their to pathios.com, uh, you can go to the evangelical um, authors, and my face and name is on there, uh, as well as the, the blog, which is called Broken Ground, Unbroken Ground. Not the Unbroken Ground, but just Unbroken Ground. Um, and you can, I've got three posts up so far. Um, I'll be posting a couple more this upcoming week. And so you can start reading there as well um, if you enjoy the content. If, if it uh, brings you any encouragement, uh, any joy at all, then uh, please feel free to, uh, to do that as well. So this week, uh, episode 10, um, is the title of the episode is going to be Can Marketing Save Jesus? And uh, I'm actually just going to weigh in a little bit. Uh, those of you who know me, um, or those of you, I've kind of talked about this a little bit before, but I'm currently working in some marketing with my current position at my job. And um, I want to uh, talk to, uh, uh, just kind of give my thoughts on a little bit on the uh, He Gets Us um, marketing campaign that's been put out there that uh, most probably most famously or most well-known is they, they spent um, 
some money, uh, twenty million dollars, to to have two ads run during the Super Bowl. And so, whether you like those or not, um, we might get into that. But more than anything, just kind of talk about um, what what that is and and um, just kind of my thoughts on that. So we won't. It will still be about Jesus. That that's always a, a promise uh, guarantee um, that that will be on here. Um, and um, so we'll, we'll be doing that. Also, I forgot my second part of the most exciting episode, uh, most exciting announcements. Um, also, tomorrow night or sometime this week, I'm going to be recording another Flex Time with Jim. And so you will you can uh, be ready to uh, see that. Those are longer. Uh, they include a little bit more lighthearted content. Um, so looking forward to that as well. But for now, let's step into uh, episode 10. And I hope you enjoy. Uh, again, if you, if you find any enjoyment and encouragement from these, please feel free to share with your friends your family um you can like and and uh subscribe and on on your different apps wherever you're at um but also feel free to email me with any questions comments thoughts uh at the unbroken ground at gmail.com that's the unbroken ground at gmail.com i also have a facebook page that you can like if you want to get updates for both the blog and the uh um and uh, the, uh, the the podcast, and that's just Facebook, um, and then it's just The Unbroken Ground. Um, so if you search for that, you you can like and, and subscribe to that. That way you'll also get updates there. Uh, so here we go. Thank you for listening, and enjoy episode 10. So yeah, as I said in the intro, I'm just gonna kind of talk a little bit over uh, just this uh, this this marketing um, attempt by uh, this. Uh, it's basically an advertising group that's uh, connected to a um, social media company that's connecting churches with um, people um, who um, who look into. Uh, who are at, who are googling things or are typing things into Facebook? Um, there's this uh, there's a, kind of a concentrated campaign um, to get uh, people to connected with uh, the the church. Um, and one of the stated goals, and again, I'm just reading. I don't know personally the people, and and so this is just me reading and doing my own research into these things. But one of the stated goals uh, that the the marketing group has is simply to kind of reclaim the name of Jesus. Um, they they don't actually state what they mean by that. Um, and and if you've seen any of the commercials, um, if you haven't, uh, you can stop and just YouTube. You can search Google YouTube. He gets us, and you can watch all the commercials. There's several different variations out there. They're very um, artsy and black and white, and they have kind of a, a twist. They had they did they ran one at the at Christmas that was about. Um, refugees and and uh, how Jesus and then in the end it was like Jesus was refu- refugee he gets us um, and there's uh, the two Super Bowl ones they did they did one that was um, he wants us to be childlike um, which I don't really like what they called it they actually said he doesn't want us to act like adults I get it don't like it but I get it um, and then they did a second one uh, that ended with uh he, Jesus loves the people we hate. 
um, which was was I think my is my favorite one that they've done, um, and 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 can be very powerful. Um, the the stated goal um, for them is just that people would be become interested in who Jesus is, and as they as they have that interest, um, then they they would um, contact. Uh, so get in, they've got website that will then put them in contact with churches and so be able to begin that relationship and it's really aimed at and and it's not really aimed at me um i'm a little old for that but it's aimed at kind of the the generation that the church generally has felt like we've lost um it's the the kids who were in youth group that they they were faithful to youth group and then they left um it's the it's the kids that in their their 20s and 30s i call them kids now i guess they're not kids anymore but those in the 20s and 30s who um, really saw a cultural shift um, that that happened and then really solidified itself um, in in the early 2010s to and in even on into to now 2020. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, um, that shift, um, something that was always there, but I think it became more cemented um, for conservative conservatives to be seen as Christians and to Christians to say, especially uh, very conservative Christians, to think that that is that that conservatives um, were the only political choice or the only political party that even had Christians. Um, I've, I've seen uh, clips of, of uh, conservatives going, well, you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian. Um, and, or uh, they didn't say Democrat, they said liberal, but, um, so, so there's this there's this undercurrent um, that I think first that that the uh, the he gets us videos is really trying to deal with, and and that is the question of who is Jesus, um, because Jesus is his is really his own thing. Um, he, if you, I've already talked a little bit about this back in uh, some of my earlier podcasts, and so I don't want to uh, <laughs> I don't want to go back over familiar ground or or just beat a uh, a drum, uh, get up in my soapbox, but Jesus was, um, at best pretty apolitical. Um, and one of the things that actually got him in trouble, um, I, I even saw a post today that, uh, said that, uh, if Jesus preached the sermons that are, are the pastors preach today, um, then he wouldn't have been crucified. Um, and that, uh, that, <laughs> I, that, that just made me laugh because I, I think that it misses the point. Um, it made me laugh because um, the point was, oh, we, we don't preach enough um, uh, f- fire and brimstone. We don't, we, we don't preach enough uh, hard enough or, or strong enough from the, from the pulpit. Um, but but the, the, real, the realization is we really need to look back at why did Jesus get crucified? And, and the reason that Jesus got crucified is because he refused to go with the flow of the system that was in place. Um, and, and because he pr- proclaimed his truth and, and I mean, also not to miss the point here, but John, the book of John makes it pretty clear that Jesus's final destination was the cross. That, that was never in question. So Jesus could have come and he could have preached the most, um, Israel loving, uh, against the Romans, uh, that would have, uh, he could have, he could have lift up the, the priest and the, and the, 
uh, the, the uh, um, Sadducees and the Pharisees and told everybody to listen to them. And yet his still, he still would have ended up on the cross because that is why he came. He came to be that sacrifice of sins. And the reason that, that he ended up on the cross was not because he preached necessarily anything that was controversial, um, in the sense of like, oh, he got he got into the shoals, he got into um, the culture wars, but but he he did preach very things that were very controversial because he said he was God, um, and so I I would say that if there is any if there is any pastor today that's preaching the sermon that they are God, then stop, <laughs> that's that's it's such a different it's such a different thing, um, such a different such a different reason. Um, Jesus, Jesus preached strong sermons. He preached things that were truth because he knew the truth and understood the truth and, and we should follow him and we should preach more about Jesus. And I don't say, I'm not saying we shouldn't preach more like Jesus and about Jesus, but, but his crucifixion was really because he, he, he basically went against the current religious system that had been established. And the people who crucified him was not Rome, um, though they're the ones that carried it out. It was it was the religious leaders who who couldn't take his um, popularity. They couldn't take like he he comes in on Palm Sunday, right? And and uh, well, on as he enters the enters Jerusalem, what we celebrate on Palm Sunday, and the people are saying, "Hosanna! Here comes the here comes the King! Here comes the Savior!" They're laying down these palm fronds, and he's 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 riding in on a donkey, and he's declaring basically that he is um, the Messiah, and and the religious leaders couldn't take that because they didn't like him. They didn't like the things he said. They didn't like the things he did. They, they, they tried to um, basically say that his power came from, from demons and devils and, and not from God. And, and uh, they hated the fact that he, he healed people on the Sabbath. He, they hated the fact that, that he, he offered this freedom, this easier um, yoke uh, is what he says. His teachings, he's like, my teachings are, are light. And the Pharisees were um, rule bound and their teachings were heavy. And you, you had to be part of the club, the end people. And, and, and Jesus was like, no. And, and, and the fact that Jesus would go and, and eat with sinners and, and lost people, um, those are the reasons that he didn't get along well with the religious people. And I think and I think we have to understand that if Jesus, like, we we think, I think that we think that, especially in America, like that, that if Jesus came back, he would be super happy about the state of the church. And I think that I, he would, Jesus would have some very harsh things to say to the state of the church and that he would be in the same place. He would be in the place where he would reach out to the lost. He would be in the places where, where we wouldn't be. He would be, he'd be amongst the people that we hesitate to to be with um, because that's who Jesus was and and so we haven't in any way it's not that we're doing wrong or doing bad in, in major ways it's just that um, when we when we become so self-assured that we are exactly what Jesus wanted us to be um, we become a whole lot like the Pharisees and and the, we miss what it is that Jesus says I think that Jesus is constantly calling us to to come back and repent and, and to change and to be creative about who we reach and to make sure that we're not excluding people um, that shouldn't be excluded. And, and the answer to that is, is that no one should be excluded because the, the church is for all people and Jesus' invitation is for all people. And so I think like 
that's a major thing that we have to work, we have to deal with and, and try to um, come, come to grips with because in a lot of ways, because of the, the strength of um, uh, re- religion, let's just say it that way, uh, in America, we've, we've kind of been like, yeah, we've arrived. We're, we're finally here. And it's almost like we're like, yeah, God was just waiting for the United States to come along. Um, and, and I think that is, that is like the danger of this, what we've seen in this cultural shift, um, is that conservatives have always been, um, uh, uh, well, since the 1970s, let's just say that. Conservatives, and when they, when they created the, the uh, moral majority, um, they've always been a little bit into this uh, political force. Um, but it was always, it was at the beginning, it was for, um, to, to really say, if you want to, um, have the vote of the more, those people who believes in, in family morals, then you have to rule that way. You have to govern that way. And, um, but here's the thing, um, Jesus, if Jesus wanted to establish a political kingdom, he could have, and yet he didn't. And so we have to be careful what we do when we think about power and, and who Jesus is. Because Jesus, the, the people, after Jesus fed the, the people, the 5,000 people, um, they wanted to make him king. They, they, they were, the crowd was searching for him because they're like, this dude just fed us? Let's make him king. And Jesus slipped away because he said he knew their hearts. And, and Jesus knew he was not setting up a, an earthly kingdom. Um, he knew that he was not said it. That was not why he came. He came because his kingdom supersedes all cultural and political boundaries. And, and so when we think about this whole idea of Christ in, in us and, and us in the community and us in church, like, like we have to avoid um, using political power to try to bring about morality. Um, you can't make enough laws to make people moral it's just that's just the truth like that's what we found like we if you make a law about like just think think about speeding okay how, how many of you how many of you drive exactly to the speed limit you go ah oh, well you know i drive a couple over a five over ten over they're not really speeding until you're like 15 over heard people say that right so so if we were like well okay but it's bad to speed uh, that's why we have a speed limit like this we've decided we've determined whatever um to make that into a law but people can't even follow that because they're like, oh, well, I know better. Um, and so you can't make enough laws to make people moral. You can't make enough laws to make, like, I mean, we have laws. We have always had laws about don't kill people. And yet people still kill people. And so when we, when we try to create a theological, political force to make people moral, um, it fails. And it becomes oppressive. And Jesus understood that. He didn't want to create oppression because he was always inviting people along. And that was what made the difference. Because when Jesus would invite and say, hey, come follow me because you love me, because I love you. We have this relationship. That's different than, hey, you follow me or else. Now, there isn't, there's an aspect of that because Jesus is the only way. And, and Jesus is um, the only way to get to heaven. But he invites he doesn't use his power to force um and and so politicians on the other hand they they crave power 
and they crave that power to enforce their will upon other people. And, and anytime you have anybody enforcing their will upon other people, you have rebellion. Um, it happened all throughout Israel. So this is not a new thing. And, and Jesus saw it like he was like Jesus was not unaware of Israel's history that when they had kings, if they had a good king, they did well. But even still, sometimes the good kings would get caught up in the fact that the people were like, no, let's just do that. It seems like those guys over there are worshiping that God and they seem to be doing OK. So we got to be careful. Jesus was not political in that way, and he was not setting up a political kingdom. It doesn't mean you can't take your Christian beliefs and use them and to to, um, edu- to educate and guide your political choices. It doesn't mean you can't take your convictions and, and govern, govern in that way. But when we try to basically write into morality um, for people, it just it's just going to be very ineffective. Um, and because and what we really need is not another law, but we need is that is we need is the inbreaking of Jesus into people's hearts. And that's what the church is supposed to be about. We're not supposed to be about writing these laws so people will do the things the church wants them to do, but we're about helping Jesus' spirit break in so that he can bring that about. So that's a long rambling thing to get back to. But in, in the 20, so um, starting around 20, 2008, 2012, um, on to 2016, there became this conservative resurgence, and it was very much into um, basically not working with anybody that wasn't like them. And so, basically, the the conservatives said, "We're not going to work with the Democrats, and we're going to work against them, and everything and anything they do, we're just gonna we're just gonna be um, the roadblock." And uh, and that's what they did. I mean, they stated that. That's 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 you can go back and read stuff like that. And they were like, we have this power. We're just going to be the the contrarians. We're going to be the people that um, aren't aren't going to do anything. We're going to the people. We're going to make sure that the the other party can't accomplish anything. Um, in in hopes that people would be like, yeah, those guys can't do anything. So let's let's put the other guys in. But here's here's the problem, uh, is that they. Oh, they got so wrapped up into being contrarian and not do anything that they didn't have a plan uh, to fix anything. So they were so they they ran their they ran so much of their campaign and their their fire and their uh, rhetoric on against we're against this we don't like this we we don't want this they didn't have a better plan um, and and so we roll through all of that and and we just we 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 get into these cultural wars and we get into this. What does it mean to be conservative, and oh, what does it mean to be a Christian, and 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 so we have to separate out those words out because the truth is is that um, the Bible doesn't say anything about political parties. Um, now it has moral things, it has things that talks about you know th- justice and how things should be done, um, but the truth is is that there is no political party on this earth um, that is like what's what is talked about in the bible and so we have to make decisions and i get that so you so you're like all right well i just feel like conservatives are more like the bible that's fine but that we we have to avoid is for those two things to become synonymous and so what became synonymous if you were conservative if you were christian and it it had and, and it just came to a shock point for me um in 2016 when the conservatives elected donald trump and, and so just 
just the historical things about him. Um, the fact that he was divorced, the fact that uh, he went on the Howard Stern show quite regularly, the fact that he was known for being a womanizer, like those are historical facts. That's not even like getting into like all the things, the things that he said and did. And so here's what I could get. I can get um, conservative who said, you know, this is just our only choice. Um, so we're going to go with him. Um, it's it's kind of like, you know, the, the worst of the two. Um, and so that's just what we got to do. But that's not what happened. Instead, a lot of powerful conservative people lined up behind him and said, "Yeah, he's our man. We think God God wants him here. We think he's he's we think he's better than sliced bread." And I was like, "Ah, oh. all like it would never have happened <laughs> ten years ago or fifteen years ago. Never. Like at best, they would have said, well, he's not a perfect candidate.'" Um, so we're going to speak into the things that he's that where he says things that uh, or does things that we know are not um, representative of Christianity, of conservatism. And we're going to we're going to support him in those places. But that's that's not what happened. Instead, people were embracing him and they were like and, and um, they they tap and, and Trump tapped into the anger that lived in, in the conservative side of about feeling like they had been ignored and uh, taken advantage of and, and that uh, the, the country was slipping away from them and he tapped into that and people who loved Jesus fell into that same hole and and it just it just it just saddens me um, because uh, there's there was no perfect answer and and I think that the the, the perfect answer is to say well there's as as a president he was he was flawed as a person he was flawed so I need to I need to recognize that and I need to speak into that. But but wholehearted embracing him was just I think too far. Uh, and so a lot of people who were in the younger generations, they just couldn't believe it. They couldn't they couldn't see how knowing Jesus um, agreed with um, this like this wholehearted acceptance of this president. And so there's this, so he gets us is this way of like, hey, let's bring back to who Jesus was, which is great. I think it's a good thing. I, I think that um, like my question would be is how many churches out there are going to be um, part of the he gets us are going to gonna be part of uh, uh, very uh, particular type of church that's going to avoid this the same political trappings and the same conservative and the same cultural battle battles and because the the fact is is that if you become so conservative that um somebody who's not conservative wouldn't be comfortable in your church wouldn't feel in, wouldn't feel welcome in your church then you're cutting people out um and you're driving people away and and in the end the political parties don't matter like, I think that's the thing that we have to remember is that the United States is not heaven. It's not the kingdom of God. It's not the new Israel. It is a, it is a country that exists, and, and I pray that it exists a lot, a lot longer, but it may one day come to an end, and when it does, God will still be God. God will still be on his throne. God will still be at work and doing great things, and Jesus will still be doing things. And so even if we got invaded and conquered God would still be God. The gospel would still be the gospel. If, if there were no more 
um, Republicans or liberals, the gospel would still need to be spoken. The gospel would still need to be told and spoken to people to hear so they could respond and say yes to Jesus. And so when we get so caught up in this idea that like God and country, and we get so caught up in this idea that, that, that God is for America, um, we've been blessed. We've got some things in our history that are bad, but we've been blessed. But if it all were to go away, then our job would still be the same, to love God and love people. And when we, when we spend so much energy, so much hate, so much um, power in our lives on these, on thinking about and talking about cultural wars and all these things, is and, and the question you just really want to go, you want to ask is like, okay, You've spent all this time talking about like all oh, the liberals are doing this and they're woke and they're all these things. But when's the last time you, you shared Jesus with someone who needed to hear it, about him? When's the last time you crossed uh, the street to talk to somebody who wasn't like you so that you could say, hey, I just want to get to know you because so, I've got I've got the truth of Jesus and and you need the truth of Jesus. And you don't have to say that. But that's why I mean. You can't share the gospel truth. You can't share who Jesus is if you don't go. I mean, the Great Commission, right? Go out into the world. And so um, we so we come back to this. There's this marketing campaign to say to, to, to change how people see or think about Jesus. And um, man, I even I've, I've already talked a long time. Um, I didn't even get into the fact that. Uh, they plan to spend $1 billion in the next three years. Um, and, oh, what I'd, I'd love to have $1 billion to try to, to, to create some ministries, to, to create some trust funds, to, to do a lot of things. But you know what? Here's the thing. Let me, let me come down and come off my soapbox and just talk. Um, I hope that somebody saw those commercials and they're still running and somebody sees those commercials and they, they do feel the call to say, I need to know more about who Jesus is. And they call and they get they get to talk to a church and they get saved. And I, I feel like there probably is because God is so big and God is moving and he is he he uses all of those things. And so one billion dollars for one soul is worth it, and I'm sure there'll be more than that. I I it's it's not I, my, my whole take, my final take on that is, I think those people, I hope those people have prayed about that, that, and this is where God's leading them. And, and who's to say? It's not what I would do, but you know what? They wouldn't do things like I would do them. And that's okay. Like God has, God has created us differently to, to be able to, to do things differently. Um, and, but, but we need to come back to um, a place where, we, we make God and Jesus first, and, and politics are second. And uh, doesn't again, it doesn't mean you can't take your convictions into the political realm. It just means that God and Jesus, that's the kingdom we live in. We live, we live and we usher in the kingdom of God because that's what Jesus brought in. We, we don't live to, to usher in the United States as a kingdom. Um, and and uh, so when when we, what happens when we get into um, doing that is that we we lose sight on what's really really truly truly important.
And the things that are really, really, truly, truly important are loving God and loving people. And that's it. It, if if you are because the gospel is true whether you're in the United States whether you're in South America whether you're in um, Africa where all the continents wherever you might be the gospel is true the gospel is this that Jesus Christ lived on this earth a sinless life he died on the cross for our sins and he rose again three days later later so that we might have salvation and that's true whether the government you, you live under is democratic and Christian or whether it is uh, communistic and, auto, and, and against and atheistic, doesn't matter. If you're, if it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord and he's setting up his kingdom. Um, and it's, it has no bounds. It has no bounds. It cannot be controlled by political or cultural um, boundaries. And that's, that's the God we serve. And that's the kingdom we live in. And, and when, we, um, when we exchange and become so intensely focused on the, the, the things of our earthly kingdoms, then we lose sight of what we really need to be focused on. It, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or, or, or a Republican. If you're a Christian, your allegiance is to Jesus and his kingdom. We need good people to govern. I want good people to govern. And I want them to, to govern in, in ways that make moral sense. But, but that's not what brings salvation. A good government doesn't bring salvation. It might make our lives easier or better in some ways, but it doesn't bring about salvation. What brings about salvation is when Christ's body his church moves with his spirit and goes out and loves the world. And when we spend so much time worried, angry, di disappointed, disgusted with, with people who don't know Jesus um, rather than learning about who they really are, or what, what makes them tick, what, what makes their heart hurt, what makes them their heart sing with joy, then we miss out on those opportunities. So, so here's the challenge. I, I don't, I, I don't think we can market Jesus any better. Jesus already is in charge of that, and He does a great job. I pray that He gets us, spreads out, and and millions of people are, are come to Jesus. But, but here's the other thing for us. What are you going to do this week? What are you going to do this week to share Jesus's love with people who need to hear it? You, you know people I don't know. You have gifts I don't know. I don't have. You have connections. You have ways. What are you going to do? What's God calling you to do? I do agree. Jesus does know us. He does get us. And because he gets us, he calls us. He says, you, you, have, you have a goal. You have a task. You have a challenge. Love God with all your heart and love people. And if that's all you do at the end of the day, you don't have a great political party or, or some great title next to your name. If all you're known for is, hey, that person loves God and that person loves people, then you've done exactly what Jesus is calling you to do. Go and do.